0: Shavnam Diaries Podcast Reading Nectar of Devotion A summary study by His Divine Grace Abhayacharanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada On the book of Srila Rupa Goswami Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu The following reading is not to be listened out of context in order to avoid confusion or misunderstanding if you haven't been with us all the way. This book began at episode 832, so please approach this chapter in proper sequence for your best interest. Thank you. So we're continuing chapter number... 40 reverential devotion of sons and other subordinates when cupid came on one occasion to visit lord krishna some devotees addressed him thus my dear cupid because you have been so fortunate as to have placed your eyesight on the lotus feet of krishna the drops of perspiration on your body have become frozen and they resemble kantaki fruits, a small kind of fruit found in thorny bushes." Unquote. These are signs of ecstasy and veneration for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When the princes of the Yadu dynasty heard the vibration of Krishna's panchajanya corn shell, The hairs on their bodies immediately stood up in ecstatic jubilation. It seemed at that time that all the hairs on the bodies of the princes were dancing in ecstasy. In addition to jubilation, there are sometimes symptoms of disappointment. Pradyumna once addressed Samba with these words. My dear Samba, you are such a glorified personality. I have seen that once when you were playing on the ground, your body became covered with dust. Yet our father, Lord Krishna, still took you up on his lap. But I am so unfortunate that I could never get such love from our father. Unquote. The statement is an example of disappointment in love. To regard Krishna as one's superior is called reverential feeling. And when, in addition to this, a devotee feels that Krishna is his protector, his transcendental love for Krishna is increased, and his combined feelings are called reverential devotion. When this steady reverential devotion increases further, it is called love of Godhead in reverential devotion. Attraction and affection are two prominent symptoms of this stage. In this reverential devotional attitude, Pradyumna never talked to his father in a loud voice. In fact, he never so much as unlocked the lips of his mouth, nor did he ever show his face filled with tears. He would always glance only at the lotus feet of his father. Wow. You know, um, such reverential devotion because we know that the spiritual world is the original um, idea of life and material world is just um, a copycat or we usually say perverted reflection so when it comes to this as i read it like reverential devotion towards the father right I immediately remember, um, Central Asia, (laughs) like Central Asia, Central Asian countries, um, whom would we name, Armenians, Georgians, uh, sometimes Tajiks. Um, But you know, like in these Eastern countries, Central Asian, it's so you can still see this um, like a glance of and this feeling of the sons being so reverential towards the father, like the father authority, you know, just like like the father's words are like law, you know. It's not something completely alien to us at least to some some of us <laughs> so and uh, actually there is a lot of love and like that patronizing kind of a feeling in such relationship and i've seen it and um, really it's um, but you know it's just uh perverted reflection of what it's like really in Dvaraka. Krishna is that original father, the father figure. Right? And look at how much reverence, how much... You know, that's why like some, some people will not relate to these descriptions or they may not find it. But I find it very attractive. I find this to be so beautiful that you know there is such reverence, there is just such devotion, and it manifests in action, right? You can say, like, this: it says reverential affection, reverential devotion. How does it manifest? And Prabhupada explains how it manifests in action. That's how love manifests. You can't just say, I love you, and then act like disrespectfully, um, belittling, Um, you know, familiarity, and all of that. What kind of love? Okay. Your kind of love. But, okay, I mean. But here, look at this. This is transcendental. This is transcendental. He would only glance at the lotus feet of his father. Wow. I guess makes sense for those who don't have daddy issues, right? Like there are mommy issues, there are daddy issues, there are uh, like um, damaged inner children within us. We are the people of Kali Yuga. For us, many of these examples, they or like, you know, like husband's abusers, wives are uh, like cheating, so many things. And, and we see these beautiful, pure expressions of love and devotion. And really, (coughs) sometimes they may seem alien to us, alien. Like, what is this? (laughs) And sometimes because they are alien to us, we may completely devalue them, right? Devalue them, belittle them, think that this is is just like, mm, this is not ours, or this is bad, or this is horrible. Like, this is, uh, what do you call it, uh, offending. Uh, this is all sorts of things, you can say. To look down upon such beautiful manifestations of transcendental relationships. But in reality, if you're not, like, if you don't have issues You will find it very beautiful you will find it very attractive you will find it very very much um, admirable there is another example of steady and fixed love for krishna in the instance of arjuna's informing him of the death of arjuna's son abhimanyu who was also the nephew of krishna Abhimanyu was the son of Subhadra, Krishna's younger sister. He was killed at the battle of Kurukshetra by the combined efforts of all the commanders in King Duryodhana's army named Karna, Ashvatthama, Jayadradha, Bhishma, Kripacharya and Dronacharya. In order to assure Krishna that there was no change of love On Subhadra's part Arjuna informed him quote although Abhimanyu was killed almost in your presence Subhadra's love for you is not agitated at all nor has it ever slightly changed its original color unquote Wow okay the story of Abhimanyu is one of the most traumatizing scarring um heartbreaking stories of the entire mahabharata for me because um, abhima knew he was such an incredible warrior that nobody would have been able to take him on -on one-on-one that's why everybody had to jump on him isn't it everybody simultaneously had to just attack him and then with great effort they were able to take him down with great effort. They would not have been able to, like, they were fighting with their full strength, all of these glorious maharathas, right? One young abhimanyu. And it's just really really heartbreaking and of course you know i know all of the story that you know he was sent specifically from the heavenly planets and he was supposed to go back quick and all of that yeah yeah yeah. but don't uh, um don't it doesn't make the past time any less traumatizing to be honest just to know that it's all meant to be so yeah and here we see that Mm, Subhadra, her love for Krishna was not agitated at all, not even slightly changed its original color. She's a sister of Krishna. She's Krishna's sister. So, you know, because sometimes for us on a material level, we can definitely relate how. Uh, was it that Shilprabhupada he oftentimes mentions the story that in Germany, I think Germany, Many women, they were waiting for their husbands to return from war and the husbands were killed in the war and the ladies became atheists, right? So this is an example given in this section that, this is an example of, Prabhupada writes, example of steady and fixed love for Krishna, steady and fixed So sometimes we also go through some incredibly painful and traumatizing experiences. Subhadra lost her son. But her love for Krishna did not change, even slightly change its original color and not agitated it at all. So if we go into the zone of Krishna, how could you do this to me? That means that our love is not as... um, steady and fixed Mm -hmm. the affection that Krishna has for his devotees was expressed by him when he asked Pradyumna not to feel so bashful before him he addressed Pradyumna thus my dear boy just to give up your feeling of inferiority and do not hang your neck. Just talk with me in a clear voice and do not shed tears. You may, you may look straight at me and you may place your hands on my body without any hesitation. There is no need of exhibiting so much reference before your father. Oh, Krishna is telling that to Pradyumna. There's no need to exhibit so much reference before your father. Wow. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, again, another material example, but it just gives a glimpse, little, like tiny glimpse. Actually, uh, when I was small, I would address my dad in Russian in a respective term, we. Uh, up in Hindi, up. And my dad, I remember, like because nobody taught me that, nobody told me that, like, Lalita, you should address your father like this, in a respectful manner. And I would always say, v, v, v. And one time, I remember, my dad specifically told me, he's like, you don't have to be so reverential, you can address me, ti, meaning, tum. And for me, it just didn't make sense at all. <laughs> for some reason I was small it just didn't make sense at all and I just continued my whole life calling my dad in a very respectful um pronoun right yeah so oh we don't have time 10 seconds okay okay we will complete this chapter tomorrow Jai reverential devotion ki jai Pradyumna ki jai Krishna ki jai Thank you so much for tuning in today the book links Previous episode's timeline and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description and we shall see you tomorrow.